tuned in to the Attack and Release show. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend, Matt Garber. And today we want to talk to you about goals, money, salaries, figures, all things that go into that. And whether or not you should make money your goal at all when you jump in to doing music as a career. Matt, do you want to dive into it. I want to dive into it, Sam. Splash down. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> is this going to be the intro to like the, what is it, the Wipeout song? <laughs> exactly. So Sam, why is making a ton of money, like, like why should that not be your main goal when you go into something entrepreneurial Music-related, etc. That's a great question, Matt. And I Thanks, have an answer. Myself. I have an answer for you. <laughs> so for me, uh, I don't. I when I first started, I was super focused on making money, which is a normal thing for anyone listening. It's very normal to want to make money. We obviously all have bills and things we have to pay for in order to function and eat and live and even make music. Mm-hmm. You need money on some level to do that for the most part. And sometimes for me, it became something that just consumed me and all my thinking and my approach and everything I did surrounded around trying to make the most money possible as quick as possible. And I guess what I've learned over the years as someone who made no money and now I make money, (laughs) I'll say that I can live (laughs) off of, um, is that once I started to make the money that I, I had dreamed about making, and that's different for everybody, it's a moving target of how much you would like to make and your lifestyle and things you want Mm -hmm. and desire in life. But once I hit that goal, um, I came to a place, I ran into basically a brick wall of like, what now? What now do Mm -hmm. I do? I thought having this money, this quote unquote security or consistent work and flow would take care of my, I'll say fulfillment or feeling like I really have made it. And while there is some like feeling of, um, I don't know, you know, being proud that you've created a business or that people give you money to do what you love. There's still very much at the end of the day, um, you have to be doing this for something beyond that. And I think that often doesn't get thought about. And something we talk about in my mentoring thing I do with my clients is, you know, most of them I ask them now, like, let's assume you're going to make the money faster than you think because almost Mm -hmm. everybody I mentor in their main goal thing is they want to make X amount of dollars or they want to quit their job and make more money or they want to... Basically, they just want to make a lot of money. They may not even know what that number is, but they know they want money on some level. And my approach has now been with people as like, okay, there's plenty of work we know how to market you. We know how to get you clients. 
So what is what are you going to do when you make the money? When you're making X amount of dollars, be it 50 grand, 60 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, like whenever you hit that amount, what are you going to do after that to keep you going? Because the money is exciting for a little bit, but then after you have it for a bit, you either, I mean, for me, like once I made it, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I was so focused on building up this business to provide X amount of dollars so I could buy a house and have a car and have certain gear and do these things and have a certain type of lifestyle when I accomplished it. And this is not a new story for really anyone. It's it's like celebrities who make tons of money and then say, man, I wish, you know, I think it's Jim Carrey who's like, I wish everybody could get famous and rich to realize that's like not at all what you desire at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And that shouldn't be your goal ever. And I think that's... Yeah, that's, I, think, yeah go uh, ahead. I think people call that or at least I call that the then what complex. That's great. That Talk you essentially that. hit you essentially hit some type of a uh, a threshold, like a very uh, low hanging fruit of a goal. Yeah. Or maybe it's not low hanging fruit, but it's just something that you work towards. But it's something relatively materialistic that really has no longevity. Yeah. And you just kind of are like. Well, crap, now what do I do? Right, exactly. And I think that, you know, people that are listening, I don't, you know, there's tons of people who are struggling to make money to live off of. I get it. Like, I've been there. I've done that. And I don't want this at all to sound like, oh, like a woe is me. I have clients and work. But I want people to learn, A, I want them to be encouraged that you can do this and make a living. And whatever financial goal you set, it's probably doable over time. And then, like, B, or the second thing is that I don't want people to run into the brick wall that I've ran into and I've seen other people do in town, too, is when you make the money, then you're like, what the heck am I doing with my life? Because the material possessions are good, but they're, like, limited good. They can only do so much for you and the accomplishments only can take you so far. And if that's your whole focus, you're going to feel super empty. You'll probably feel depressed and you'll probably be like, man, this music thing isn't everything I thought it'd be. And once I thought I would make the money, then I thought I would feel a certain way or be a certain person. But at the end of the day, obviously I was left with myself still, which everyone's different. Like everybody's on a different level. Like there's probably people out there already who just absolutely adore who they are, and that's awesome. And But for me, I, I think I was placing way too much focus on money as a goal to solve um, the fulfillment issue, which is like, for me, my mindset has shifted so much to where like the work and the process now is actually my reward, and that the money to me is no longer a motivating factor. And, you know... Even even if you know I started making less money, I feel like I'm still in a place where I would be motivated to do the work instead of motivated to make the money. Hmm. And I think that's you know that's hard to learn, and it's not a sexy thing to talk about. <laughs> like making money sexy, and like buying houses and cars and cool gear to show off on Instagram is cool. And talking about making X amount of dollars is cool. And there's so many people that 
I've seen make made their ceiling or like their end all goal be to make, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. If they could just make a hundred thousand dollars, then there's then they would be accomplished. Or they look at someone else who's made a hundred thousand dollars and they think, wow, they've really like cracked the code on this thing, and that like they must be doing everything right. And if I just do what they did, then I'm also going to make a hundred thousand dollars. And that just like that goal is just so superficial. Like it just doesn't get you anywhere. And you can make the money, you know, and and the number's not even really important. But I just feel like I'm watching people in town try to make X amount of dollars and it just doesn't matter. Like it it's not gonna fulfill you and you know, that shouldn't be your finish line. And I think that's the thing is like, you should make a goal for yourself to accomplish something that honestly, probably money can't even buy. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) build, build a, you know, leave a legacy or create a new, I don't know, for me, like I want, I want to totally change the music industry. I want to change how music's made. I want to change how it's distributed. I want to help bring back like a healthy, I'll say mental and emotional, like I want that to be something that like the music industry is known for. I want to change all those things and all those things require a platform and money, which is fine. But the end goal for me of making lots, quote unquote, lots of money to then, you know, pay for a platform and have the influence, like, Everything I'm focused on now really has nothing to do with making X amount of dollars other than I know mm-hmm. I need to make X amount of dollars to invest into it to then help, you know, reach my goal. So I think that's the thing is like I want people to invest and focus on things that are like really, I guess, like deep, like depth. Let's focus on like quality over quantity and like diving deep into what you actually want to do as a human within your work here in the music industry, as opposed to just chasing like $100,000 and thinking if you make that one year, then you're going to feel super successful and fulfilled, which you may for Mm -hmm. a bit. And like, it's nice to be rewarded and compensated and have people put value or give you value, you know, on your work. That's, that's great. It's helpful. It's normal. I like getting compensated for what I do. It's nice. I like to um, eat. I like to go on trips. That's all nice. Money, you know, money's required for that. But I just want people to really examine themselves, whatever they're doing, like whatever our audience is doing and thinking and approaching, like just make sure money is not the motivator because it's going to leave you just super high and dry and... It's it's not a fun place to be <laughs> once you're on that other side of like, I've made the money, what am I doing with my life? So yes. I think that's the thing, and that's what I, I feel like I see a lot of people chasing that, and I've watched people make the money, buy the stuff, and then they're miserable, you know? And they're like, well, I don't know what else to do. I guess I'll just keep making money, but they have no purpose because that was never the... They never had like a true deep purpose that's grounding and and really it's the longevity, you know. They don't mm-hmm. have a, a purpose that's got any longevity to it. So 
those are my opening thoughts on why money shouldn't be your main motivator. What a monologue with Sam Moses. A monologue. A monologue on a Wednesday with Sam Moses. So Matt, what do you what do you think? Where what am I missing? Am I wrong? Am I stupid? I mean, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, well shit, what's my motivator? Like why why am I doing this? And it's not something I think about a lot, so it's not really on the tip of my tongue and not really, I suppose, prepared like that. So the whole time I was like, man, what am I doing this for? I was like, I mean, the money's cool, but I'm not really charging a lot. Yeah. Um, I think I'm adding a lot of value, and, but it's like, so I'm not doing it for the money. That would be cool. I like buying gear. Yeah. I don't like talking about gear on the podcast, but I like buying gear and playing with gear. And there's tons of people I talk with on Instagram and everything about gear. and But it's like, I don't I'm not going to do all of this so I can get like an, something else. I'm I'm like that I'm, I'm not motivated by possessions or anything. Yeah. Um and then I was like well, what brings me the most like what brings me the most joy about doing this? And um one some of the most joy that I've been brought while doing this was at a listening party back in July where everyone was listening to an album that I had mastered. We were at the studio that it was recorded in and mixed in. Um, and it was some 70, 80 people were there. It was, it was it was a pretty big thing, and everyone was just drinking, eating, having a good time, yeah. and just really jamming out to like the music that we made. Yeah. And... I didn't say anything about being a mastering engineer and didn't really dawn on me to take that credit. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to a couple of people as having that role, and that, I mean, that was cool, and it did give me some business after that. Um, but I think the I, th- I think the what drives me the most is how happy the people in the band were, yeah, because of how proud they were, yeah. Of what they had made. Yeah. And I would say that's what drives me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and just to help people make the best music they can that they are genuinely proud of. Yeah. So, I don't know. And so, I, th- I think to a degree you have to ask what your goal is and why you're doing this. I think anyone who gets into music to be like, I want to make a lot of money, it's like, I, I, just, I just don't. I just don't see any longevity in that because, right. I mean, say that, this is very morbid, <laughs> say <laughs> that you're getting all of your work, <clears throat> excuse me, from one producer starting out and God forbid that dude is driving a car and that car gets hit and they're dead. <laughs> it's like, well, now what? Right. <laughs> it's like you can't just, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. And it's just... You have to like you have to diversify and you have to like think about things a little bit differently and right. like think about your goals and it's like why am I doing this and yeah. how am I going to make money from doing this and there there is a financial component to this um, but I just think that you have to ask yourself like what is your end game where are you going with this why do you want to do this right um, and I think also you need to have support in while you're doing this. Yeah. You can't just be going about this um, by yourself. I mean, 
you're just gonna get the you're just gonna get beaten down. So you have to have people who do support you in doing this. And right. if you don't have those people, then screw the people who are here and go get support <laughs> while you do this. Right. Um I mean, my wife is absolutely fantastic and supportive and everything and I mean, don't get me wrong, she brings me into check every couple months and been like, So what's like the end goal with all of this? Yeah. And we have a like a very honest conversation every couple months just because what I'm doing, it, I do take time away from the family and I try to do it now earlier in the morning so that it's like I may be missing out on like the 30 minutes that I would have spent at home eating breakfast or something. I go in early yeah, and I have more time than I have ever had to do this. Yeah. And I just go to bed earlier and it's like what's <laughs> nothing's really bad about going to bed early. Right. So especially if you're trying to chase something. Right. Um so, but while I do that, I also can go to her and say, hey, I think I have a problem, which I did the other day. <clears throat> She's like, what's that? I said, I'm starting to bill incorrectly. <laughs> like, I, there's like a lot going on, and I accidentally billed for three songs when I mastered five, and I need, like, someone to stay on top of me. Yeah. If you, if, like, I'm not billing our, like, when a project is done, when it's complete, what it looks like. Like, how do you make sure that everything is wrapped up? Yeah. And I said, I think I might need help with that if, you know, being a mom isn't crazy enough. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and uh, so I think as as I keep going forward and perhaps we might try something uh, towards the holidays right before, like, things really slow down or Maybe we'll pick it up at the beginning of the year, but I might see if she'll help me with that. And she's expressed an interest to help me with that. And yeah. I'm forever grateful for her in that. Um, yeah. So it's like, I think, you, like, th- th- there's a couple things that you really need to focus on. It's like, why are you doing this? Like, do you have a do you uh, Are you being supported in while you're doing this? And then, I mean, I keep going back to this from our marketing episode. You need to have mentally like these like key performance indicators telling you that you are doing the right thing, mm-hmm. or they will tell you immediately if you're doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, go listen to that episode. That episode <laughs> is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so I I, th- I think that's where I am on it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of money, I mean, even though yeah, one of our first episodes was you should raise your rates which I do agree with, you also have to look at your market. Can your market support you raising your rates? Right. And as much as I would like to do saying what you did, which is insanely ballsy, but to a degree I kind of think you were able to get away with it because of uh, your location. Yeah. And the demographic and the people that uh, are um, requesting your services. Yeah. Um. As for me, it's like, I I think I need, like, did you meet with anybody before you did it? Or were you just like, yeah, today I'm going to do this? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I raised my rates, I just decided to do it. Because it yeah, was... Yeah, that's awesome. But it was one of those things, like, it, I guess you could say it's ballsy, but I had been undercharging for, like, probably two years based on yeah. what I was providing. So... But as in you had lived there for two years charging at that rate prior... Yeah, it had been almost, well, I mean, I had been mastering in Florida before I was here, too. Yeah. So, 
at the rate I was at, it was probably a couple of years before or a couple of years since I had done a rate change, but nothing this drastic where I, you know, yeah. for those listening, I doubled my rate on all my clients. Um, and, you know, I didn't talk to it. No, I didn't. I just, I sent out an email letting people know what I was doing and why I felt like I was worth what I'm charging and, and all that. And, I mean, for me, the response, it turned out great. I mean, almost everybody was like, yeah, you don't charge enough or like, dude, your service is totally worth it. So I haven't had, you know, I didn't really, I pro- I think I lost one or two total clients. Hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing, you know, within that, which we've <clears throat> talked about, is like I gained a whole bunch of new clients who were better clients, I'll say, or not better, they're just more established. And there's obviously something, and we've talked about this, but... The amount of value you put on yourself attracts a certain type of client who mm-hmm. also values themselves at that level. Mm-hmm. So people at the very high A-list level want something that others can't afford. So mm-hmm. they will pay $500 a song for mastering. Like <laughs> They will do that because yeah. 99% of people will never do that in their life, nor could they, do they even have the resources. So, yeah. you know... The raising the rate thing for me was like, if this is going to work out long term, you know, if, if this is going to sustain, be something, a business that has longevity and some legs to it to, to allow me to, you know, I would like, you know, at that time, we weren't thinking about kids, but eventually we'd probably like to have kids and we wanted to buy a house and mm-hmm. do, I would say, very normal uh, things that people desire to do in their lives. Um, you know, it required money, and uh, that's where the the raise the rate thing came in. It was just mm. like, well, I'm not making enough. Like, I don't have enough hours in the day, you know, to make this yeah. work. Essentially, at least that's what I thought back then. You know, but now, um, you know, I haven't. I mean, I haven't raised my rates in a while, and I just mm-hmm. had. I had. It's kind of an interesting. I feel like. I really believe in like flow and seasons within life. And I had a couple people over the last couple of months, literally clients tell me like, hey, you should think about raising your rates. Like these are my clients. Really? Yeah. Being like, I, you know, I'd really like to pay more. Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those things where um, they just kind of brought up based on like what they know everybody else charges in town. And it's kind of like, one of my my best clients who mixes a ton sends me, he was like, you should, he's like, he threw out a number that was high, what I thought was high. He's like, you you could get that. And he's like, I'd pay that. Is it still a set rate or is it going to like hourly? No, it'd be a set rate per track kind of deal still, hmm. like a flat rate. But yeah, it's just, it's been interesting that it's kind of come up a few times and I think it's just, you know, once again, the the value that you provide you know, if you're providing a, a value and and solving people's problems really well, they'll pay you whatever you want. You know, we mm-hmm. know that by you can look at lots of different businesses outside of music and even within music. It's like if you're solving a problem really well, or people desire your product, then they will pay whatever whatever you want to charge. <laughs> like they will do it. Yeah, and they will gladly do it. You know. Um, but yeah, that's, that was kind of the rate thing for me. Um, 
But within that, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because like raising rates. I I've been wrestling with this whole idea of rates and money, and this is kind of a side tangent to the episode, but I like I really believe in the the idea of value, you know, and I feel like in order for me to maybe reach the next level, you know, of if I really want to break into start breaking into A-list artists, I need to charge more money by default hmm. <laughs> to even get on the radar. Um and I'm I've been wrestling with, you know, I don't want all my clients I have right now, I I love. I love every client I have. I really do. And all the work is great, and I never want to price myself out of out of a market with music I mm-hmm. love. So I've really been wrestling with this this thought of like, do I raise the rates, you know, and and try to try to market, you know, myself to the higher higher end A list people, you know, is that what they want to see? Because I've I've found that to be true when I raise my rates, mm. you know, to like. I'll say a, a mid-level price. You know, mm. I started instantly, almost instantly, within a couple of months, working with like mid-level label artists. You know, and I've kind of broken into a couple. I'll say, almost A-list, or maybe they are um, artists. But it's just kind of an interesting thing, and I don't. You know, I'm not. I don't want to raise my rates just to make more money. I don't. I don't feel like I need to make more money. And we've talked about that too, Matt. Like. Mm-hmm. I've told you multiple times, like, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm doing what I want. Got what I need. Living the lifestyle I want. And, like, I, the reason I haven't raised rates is because I just don't, I don't feel like I want to, need to, desire to. But there's always, obviously, within a person, like, the motivation. You want to talk about motive. Like, I would love to, to become a, you know, have a large platform within mastering and be an authority in it to help change it. And that, to me, sometimes requires having to have climbed the mountain, essentially, you know. Hmm. Like, I don't have a desire, really, anymore to win a Grammy. I used to have that. It was written down, like, by 30, which I'm 30, uh, to win one by 30. I wrote that down when I was 24, I think. And uh, now I'm just like, ah. I mean, I'm a Grammy voting member now, so I get to pick who wins the Grammys, which maybe Mm. is cooler than you know, winning them, but it's, it's no longer really a goal, but if I won one, I think it would give some sort of credibility on some level, you know, to have a platform. So I don't know, this is just a side tangent. Maybe you can help me. Uh, I mean, it kind of is, it kind of isn't just because this whole episode is really like on goals. Yeah. Um, informing that. And I mean, what will come out of that? Like I, I'll probably talk with you post episode about that whole conversation about raising your your, your rates. I'd just be curious about that, but yeah. I think I think with me, it was more would I be pricing myself out of the market? What would be where you are? Your mid level, what people are willing to pay, as opposed to me. It's like I might be mid level here. Yeah, in terms of what not not in terms of in your demographic what people are willing to pay but in terms of mine what people are willing to pay yeah or are capable of paying right so that's uh no it's 
it's so interesting, and it's I I just found it was interesting a couple times. You were saying that like I'm making the money that I want to make, right? Um, so money really isn't like this issue. No. So it's I not. Mean, I I I mean that that's an insane blessing. So it <laughs> is for you, and that's I guess like I want to make sure people hear like that. That's a different number than probably what everybody has in their head, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's. Steve Harvey, <laughs> shout out to Steve Harvey. What up, Steve? Uh, I like Steve Harvey a lot, and he said uh, this quote that I may butcher, but I think he said something along the lines of like, "You should never worry about another man's pockets." Mm-hmm. And he was just That's talking so about like in any industry or business or relationships with your friends, like you should never be worried about what's, you know, what they're making, like what kind of money they're making because, you know, he just talked about his rise of like, I mean, he used to live in his car homeless and and got mm. his first big break while he was homeless in his car. Dang. And, you know, obviously has created a multi-million dollar, you know, industry, like business. A brand. Yeah, brand. I mean, he's super large. Even if you don't like him, he's done a heck of a job. So I think that, you know, I heard that a few years ago and that really like hit me in the face because that was kind of like, oh man, when I came to Nashville, like that's all I did was worry about pockets. It was like, what kind of studio do you have? What kind of gear? How much, you know, I'd be calculating in my head. Oh, they have that limiter and that. And holy crap, that's $300,000 in gear. Where did that, like, how did you do that? Who, who has that? You know, and yeah, it's just but, I mean, that's just you looking at like the surface level. Exactly. Pockets. Right. And that's it's like that's not taking into account like how much of that is put up like in credit. Exactly. And how much of that is being paid on every month as a part of a studio's overhead. Right. Exactly. And like what part of that is credit card debt. Right. And, and that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole like Steve Harvey thing is that's what he talked about was like as he made it higher in levels of income and you know, essentially class in society, mm-hmm. he ran into people, celebrities, you know, C-list, B-list. And you hear about all the time, celebrities going dead broke. You're like, how did they do that? Well, they spent $10 million on four different homes and then, you know, pissed away their money. And that was his whole thing was just like, you don't worry about someone else's pockets because you don't, you don't even know like what's in the pockets, like the pockets yeah. may have holes in them. The pockets may be full. The pockets may just have like trinkets and crap that's worthless. Like, and that's I think, you know, the thing for me I had to learn here was like I had to stop comparing myself to anyone, and I had to focus on my own lane. Stop caring about other people's pockets because I did. I've ran into plenty of people who have they're in such crazy debt, or they've just quit music in general and gotten a different job to pay off the debt they got into. Mm. And that I think, you know, is is what I want people to hear about this. Like, I personally am making the money I want to make. I've been working at it for probably almost ten years, realistically, from when I started trying to make music and then realizing, hey, I like this. And somebody said one day you should do this. Like, it hasn't come quickly. It's been a long journey, and. There are still months where I freak out and go, "Oh my gosh, I hope people work with me." Mm-hmm. And you know, thankfully they keep doing they keep showing up. But within that too, like I don't have any issues getting a job. If the music ended, 
I would go get a job, and that would be, that's what I would do. It's fine. You know, we have, it's, once again, we've talked about in other episodes, like, it's a blessing to work. It's a blessing to even, to be able to go out and apply for a nine-to-five that pays you on a salary. Like, all of that is a, is a gift, um, and it's a blessing to do that. So, I think that, you know, for anybody listening, like, once again, this isn't a woe is me or, like, I don't want anybody to think, well, it must be nice, like, for you to have that money. And it's not, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. I'm I'm trying to make it clear that what I make is what I set out, you know, to make and to provide for the lifestyle I wanted. And that number could be more than what someone wants or less than what someone wants or even needs, you know, to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And that is the whole, like, don't worry about someone else's pockets, you know. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I've I've built up a business and it's not rocket science on how I've done it. I try to tell people mm-hmm. that. And within all this, like the amount of freaking th- doors that just open randomly that are beyond my control, like I can't I can't preach that enough. Like I didn't crack there's no code to crack in the industry. <laughs> like the answer is what we've talked about before, which is you show up, you do your work. Obviously, there's some marketing, which we talked about that in a different episode. But really, like the majority of of what I've quote unquote accomplished has come from the most random connections, right place, right time. Um, I mean, I've told people this before. Like my wife, nannies for cool people in town, which has opened up doors over time randomly to work with them. Um, you know, it's just it's. It's just crazy. Like, I don't want to at all have people think that I've, like, done something super weird and strange or, like, I have some secret mojo that you have to pay me for. (laughs) Like, I don't don't have that. Um, What I do have is knowing that, like, money is not the answer to your motivation. Like, it's not your motivator for longevity in this industry. And if it is, it's going to leave you empty. And if you mm-hmm. care about what other people make, or if you're chasing some other guy's, you know, course, I'll say, or book, or lesson, or like whatever someone else has deemed as like successful financially, if that's what you're chasing, if you hit that goal, you're going to be unfulfilled. And you're probably going to realize, like, man, why was I so focused on that? Why did I make that my end all goal? Like, we are so much more than just money and material things as humans and what we can create within the music industry. And I think that's what I've seen. I want people to shift their mindset and focus on like, let's, let's focus on creating something beyond money and beyond Grammys and beyond like award shows to me. It's like, can we maybe get rid of those? Like, (laughs) I don't, that'd be nice. Like, you know, they're all, I guess it's cool to award people and give them trophies, but at the same time, it's like we're talking about art here and like we're talking about music and it's so contextually based and people base their whole lives around awards and platinum albums and gold albums and numbers. And it's like... When it was never really that precipice of like... Exactly. And that's what, to me, I want people to hear on this episode is like, there's nothing wrong with winning awards. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with having an abundance of wealth. Like, 
There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with working really hard and creating a business and making however much money you want to make. But if it's the motivator, if that's like the goal, then it's just, it's, yeah, it's so superficial and it doesn't last. I mean, it's suffocating. Yeah. And yeah, then, I mean, you won't like, you won't see it in the beginning, but. Right. And too, the other thing like I've had to put myself in check with is like when you make any sort of more money, you instantly, at least for me, I was just like, oh, I want to spend more money now. Like <laughs> I'm making more yeah, money. Yeah, more so money doesn't mean less problems. Exactly. Taurus B.I.G., what's up? So I think that, you know, that it's, once again, all this is like has been preached to me, I feel like since I was a kid and like it's not a new story, but I just feel mm. like no one's really talking about it anymore within the music industry and all this stuff I see pop up from like different people is all about like focusing on money. How much do you make? How much, you know, and it's like, wait, 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 let's not let's not miss why we do music and let's not miss the the deep uh, joy and fulfillment that comes from creating art first and then letting the money come second. Mm-hmm. So that's my, uh, that's my rant <laughs> on that. No, I mean, it was <laughs> monologue number two. Monologue number two. <laughs> no, man, it's all, I mean, it's all good. And, it seems like anything that you see about, like, in terms of getting into music is, um, I'm not going to say the original motive was money, but you'll see people selling courses or you'll see people, hey, sign up for my ebook or, right. like, do X, Y, Z. Oh, and buy this plugin. Like, yeah. you need this plugin. Right. And it's like, all of it is like all of it is geared around like money in some fashion and it's and it's all like never taken into account that they because now they're running this course that they actually aren't doing what they say they're doing in this course right. because they're too busy running the course right which is now their primary source of income so they're not really even having to worry about the thing that they're teaching you about right it's like I, th- I think I've said this analogy before, but it's like the uh, when I was in college, you had this constitutional law professor, and he never stepped foot in a courtroom a day in his life. Yeah, and it's like, why would anybody take your class on how to do this? It's like right. if I wanted to learn theory, I'd go over to philosophy. Yeah, it's like, but I'm trying to learn practical bil- practical things about the law. Right. And how that applies, and more specifically, and how it is applied in, like, a courtroom if you're going to be a lawyer. So (laughs) why would I listen to someone who has never stepped foot in a courtroom? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I don't know, I would would take a lot of those things at face value and a lot of those random feelings at face value and— I don't know. I would do a little bit more digging on what that person who's selling you that course at however much money is currently doing right now. Yeah. And I'd reach out to him on Instagram and be like, yo, why should I buy your course? <laughs> right. I, I'd, make them, I'd make them sell beyond their website. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. and I mean, I think with that, it's just my whole issue with any course is like, don't make that your dream or end goal. Like it mm-hmm. just, it just shouldn't be that. And I and I am a part of too many conversations and forums where it's like people are chasing people instead of carving their own lane, which is is how you, to me, how you make a living in this industry is carving your own lane. And having longevity is is obviously carving out your own lane because it's your lane and you get to make it as long as you want. <laughs> like If it's your lane and you're doing your thing that no one else can do, essentially, because once again, I feel like everybody can do that because we're all unique. And I think everybody hears music differently, which can create a unique product that someone else likes somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's, you know, my whole issue with what I've seen just pop up all over. It's mainly like, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads every day. It's like some person who's like, hey, are you tired of not making money, essentially? Here's my six steps to making Spend money. that money you don't have. Exactly, on <laughs> my thing. And sign up for my email list and get a free tip sheet right now that'll change you. And it's like, what the frick is this? Like you're scrolling through your Instagram and then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I think I do need this. Oh yeah, I need this tip sheet. Oh, here's my email. Oh yeah, five bucks a month, 10 bucks. Okay, sure. Oh, here's all these videos. Oh, here's a uh, free PDF. And it's like, what, a, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> like, like scratch all that and go make some music or focus on like your clients or find a client. Like it's yeah. it's not rocket science, and I'll say this because I've actually thought I've I've actually forgot this topic three times, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say it on the fourth time so I don't forget it. Um, I've thought when I was getting started about doing those whole courses, yeah, and on the other side of it, I'm very glad I didn't because, well, actually. I really think that before you go and buy anybody's course on whether it's mixing, mastering, producing, engineering, whatever it is, you need to go and you need to look up what that person has worked on recently. Yeah. And if they are like actually practicing what they're trying to sell you. Right. And then uh, you need to say, do I want my work to sound like this? And I'm right. not talking like an engineering credit. I'm talking a pretty large credit. Yeah, They have a mastering credit. They have a production credit. They have a mixing credit. And so you can see, like, you, you, you can start comparing some things. Listen to their work and say, do I want my work to sound like this? Right. Everyone who I ran into either had like they literally had done nothing recently right and i was just like this is bullshit either that <laughs> or their stuff sounded like bullshit like how i didn't want my stuff to sound like yeah so even though they were a major voice quote unquote in the industry they hadn't done anything in years that was even remotely relevant to anything yeah and I didn't want to be involved in any of that, and I didn't want my stuff sounding like their stuff. Right. So I think one of the saving graces for me is that I did not do any of those courses or 
sign up for all that email spam or any of that because I have a very unique way of mastering. That is, as I talk to Sam, insanely different from how Sam masters. Right. And I didn't, I, when, in a previous episode, uh, you mentioned that other people said to you, why would you even take on another mastering engineer? Right. And it, I guess I'll reiterate that I really don't think I asked you any questions about your workflow or mastering. I just wanted to learn how to be uh, a better like curator of my client's content. Yeah. And like how I could handle that better as someone who was hired to right. do that and how to deal with like awkward situations and my first label project and stuff like that as I was going around. Um, and it was Sam's mentorship was invalu- invaluable. Um, but in terms of going around to like other people, please listen to their stuff. And if you do not want your stuff to sound like their stuff, then run the hell away. <laughs> Right. So, unless you want it to sound like that. Right. Um, but I don't know. No, I think... That's at least my two cents on that. I agree. I think, you know, the whole thing is just focus on what's your motivator, what's your goal, you know, and is it is it sustainable? Like, is there longevity in what you're running after or going after within the industry? Is it something that's worth pursuing you know, for the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, depending on how old you are, like, is it worth pursuing? Is it going to create fulfillment? Are you happy? You know, will it make you happy? And the things to me that I've learned, you know, that make me happy really have nothing to do with money. Um, And I don't think that should be, you know, that should ever be your main Number one goal. There's nothing wrong. I mean, I like buying gear, right? There's nothing wrong. Like Like, I make my thing. Yeah, I make a financial goal every year of what I would, you know, like to make to keep living the lifestyle I like. That's in part of my goals. One of like fifteen, but it's not the main. It's a byproduct of hitting all my other goals. Like I know Mm -hmm. if I'm doing those other fourteen goals of this year the money's going to be there, you know. It just will be. And I think that is something that's hard to learn and people don't talk about a whole lot anymore or within the music industry is like, if I focus on getting X, Y, and Z clients or contacting these studios that I really feel like I'm the best fit for, like I love their work, I would nail, like knock out, knock out of the park all their stuff if I, you know, can build that relationship and you know, show them why I'm potentially a great fit, then I know the byproduct will be a financial gain on some level. But that's not the mm-hmm. reason why. Like, I want to work at that studio because I love what they do and I want to help support them and get their music out. And I want people to hear it in the best possible way, sonically. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the motivator. And I think that you know, for people listening is like, pick out those sorts of goals and don't sell yourself short. Don't put like, I want to make a hundred grand as your number one goal. Put down like, I want to work with Bruno Mars or something. Like, even if it sounds crazy, it's not. Like, just stinking reverse engineer it. And probably within like five steps, you can find someone who knows Bruno Mars. It's a very small music industry. (laughs) Like, 
doesn't mean you get to work with them next week. But there's a way to do everything, and there's a, a way to accomplish it. And even if you want to work with Bruno Mars, like, why do you want to work with him? You know? Yeah, I would, and I, I'd almost like unpack that further because by the time that you would be ready to work with somebody like Bruno Mars, somebody like Bruno Mars would almost be not relevant. Exactly. Anymore. That's great. And yeah. it's like you would be chasing off something else. Exactly. And that to me, I think is like what I've learned is like every artist I used to want to work with is now like, Five years behind, you know, or they're they're on their decline. Not that they're not good in making albums, but I've just found like, you know, a whole basically my career, my longevity is probably going to be dependent on artists that don't even exist yet, you know. And so that is kind of a crazy thing to think about. Of you know, in ten years, the artists I'll be working with. They may not have even been making music yet. They may not even be a band. Like they may have never written a song, but in 10 years they're going to be an artist I work with or something. And I think that, you know, once again it's like the motivator. Like what are you trying to do? And you know, if you want to work with Bruno Mars, I would like to work with Bruno Mars because I love his music. I think it's fun and when I hear it, it makes me excited. But at the same time, I think Bruno Mars' music already sounds awesome. So, like, mm-hmm. do I want to mess with that? I don't know. <laughs> you know, the amount of enjoyment I get from it already sonically, from the way Servan mixes it, it's like, well, I may not even want to touch this because it's so fun already and good. Like, it would be more for curiosity of, like, you know, how would I approach it? What could I do to it? But I think that's the thing is, you know, who, who masters Bruno Mars' stuff? Uh, I think it was from Sterling. Might have been. I think Tom. No, I can't remember if Tom Coyne did Twenty Four Carat before he passed away. Let me see here. Let's look it up here. That's what I always do. Like anytime I have something that like I like or I find music that I like, I'm like, oh wow, who mastered yeah, this? It was Tom Coyne. <laughs> It was right mm. before he passed away. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. He mastered it, which I love Tom's work. Serban mixed it, um, which is like an, an incredible dynamic duo of Sonics yeah. right there. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think whatever, whatever goal you want, just make it like a fulfilling deep goal and not a financial thing. Don't make the finances and the money your main thing because. It's just it's boring. Anybody can make money. If you want to make I mean, money, nothing's like, nothing's wrong with having like a regular job. No, there's nothing wrong with having a regular job. <clears throat> I essentially have a regular job. It's just society deems it as not, you know, self-employment. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I work as much as a nine to fiver. <laughs> I pay taxes. Like mm-hmm. I, I have to find my own health care. Like I don't. Being self-employed to me is harder, almost. I find it funny that, like, it's now, like, a thing to be an entrepreneur and everything else. It's like, I'm not an entrepreneur by choice. I'm just a shit employee. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't like working for other people. It's like, that's... It, it was never a matter of, like, who do I want to go work for? It yeah. was, like, 
what do I want to do because I know that I'm not going to like how other people do things. And not right. that, that could be like a very narcissistic thing of me saying like, well, I'm always right and I really hope it's not <laughs> coming across that way. But I just, I have a certain way that I like to do things and I like working on my own schedule. And I, but I mean, there's nothing easy about doing stuff for yourself. Right. It's like, good luck come tax time. It's always fun. Hope you've been paying quarterlies. Hope you've been staying up on all that junk. Yep. But it's like you have the whole, you have the whole thing. Like you have people on Instagram who will put like entrepreneur in there, <laughs> in their bio, yeah. and it's like, bro, you you have absolutely zero idea <laughs> about what this is about. Right. And I don't know. I'm I enjoy working for myself, but it's like I go from mastering in the morning to working in another company that I started with my dad and then in the evening going back to mastering before I go home. Yeah. So it just kind of at some point comes down to how much do you want it. Right. And I guarantee you through that whole process, there's no what you would figure as a quote-unquote lifestyle. Right. It's literally just working your ass off all the time. Yep. So some days are slower than others. And you only like your job, I don't know, perhaps 70% of the time. Other parts are pretty darn difficult. Mm -hmm. And you're like, how am I going to make it through this month? But, I mean, you, you, just, you just do what you need to do. Right. So, I mean, I'm even sure if I were to go mastering full-time, there'd still be 30% of my job I don't like doing. Oh, Absolutely. There's always and things. I'd, fi- I'd find a like, even though I got exactly what I want, I'm sure I'd still find a way to complain about it because <laughs> in the past 29, going on 30 years of my life, I have done exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can always find something to complain about. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, even though I try to not. Yeah. I mean, that's what I have to combat it every day. Is like this is I get to do this. This is a blessing because yeah. it's real. I mean, work is work. Like. It yeah. can be tolling, you know, especially in the music industry. You have and, to do it. Yeah, you have to do. You have to work. <laughs> you have to keep going. You yeah. know, and uh, I know too. Like, regardless of how much money I make, I still want to work. There's not an end goal of making X amount of dollars so I can just quit. Like, yeah, I don't want to quit working. I love working, and even mm. with when I don't like the things I'm working on, I know it's it's part of creating a, a deep, fulfilling life. And it's always teaching me things. Whenever I don't want to do something, there's usually a direct poke into like, why don't I want to do this? Oh, because either I'm tired, I gave away some of my power, I committed to a project I didn't want to be a part of, I didn't make this clear expectation from the start, or like I just want to go watch Gilmore Girls instead. So I need to carve out like some time to watch <laughs> TV a- this weekend. <laughs> So, <laughs> of all the shows you could have picked, I just started. Stranger up again. Things, no Gilmore Girls, have... Dog, Gigi for Life. I don't know. I don't know if I can get on that train. Oh, it's so well written. Such good dialogue, witty banter. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's to me is like uh... I view all my frustrations now as you know it's a chance to learn and grow. And sometimes what I learn is just like you know what I don't really like doing that like. This part of the job sucks, and I've learned that. So either I approach it differently, or I hire mm-hmm. it out or something. But 
Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be things you don't want to do, but that necessary that doesn't mean it's bad, you know. Like I don't really love washing my face every night, but I know <laughs> if I don't wash my face every night, it will break out eventually. So I just take a shower. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's my workaround. <laughs> just get the whole body. I just shower. Sam. Just clean the whole body instead. Yeah, that's it. I feel like I've said everything I want. Let's recap here. Basically, to summarize this episode, don't make money your motivation, your main motivation. There's nothing wrong with making money. Figure out what you're going to do with yourself after you make the money that you have set out to make. Because you will if you keep working. You'll you'll do it. Uh, And then don't chase someone else's pockets don't worry about them if someone else is putting a ceiling on you or or you're chasing someone else's salary or annual income stop doing that and set your own goals figure out you know what's in store for you and go after that and that is all i have to say damn we got anything else for the people in podcast land uh, i just want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and whatever you're having morning, noon, or night. Have a good one. Well, I'm not even needed at this part, then. (laughs) I'm just going to go over here and cue the music, Sam. How's that sound? Cue the music, Sam. Okay, I'll cue it. (laughs) I'll see y'all later. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.